0: Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at Sohoradiolondon.com.
1: That's a replacement to a track called Left of the Dial, which was chosen by... Um... Uh, Nathan O'Hagan. Sorry. Yeah, Nathan what am I talking about? I need to say Gary O'Hagan. And I explained to you why in a little bit because, well, I'll tell you now, the main character in Nathan's work is called Gary. There you go. Um I'm gonna call Nathan up, we're gonna to chat to him and find out why he chose the replacements, why he's obsessed by Huskadoo, and what it means to write a level in a write a novel in lockdown time. Let's call him now. Turn it up. Nathan, Nathan, Nathan. Hello, James. Hi, Nathan. How you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? Very good, thank you, my friend. Very good. I'm going to tell you a funny story, actually, straight away. Oh, come on! Um, last week, you and I were texting each other about your new novel, and That's I said, nice. and I said I wanted to buy one off you. And I thought, you know, and, and this morning I knew you were coming on the show, and I was just like, I was a bit pissed off. I think the bloody book hasn't arrived. While that replacement track, this is the honest truth, while that replacements track was just playing, I went. I heard something come through the letterbox and your book arrived. My
0: literally, God, synchronicity.
1: Literally three minutes before I'm going to talk <laughs> to you. And a, light, a nice little note at the front, James, thank you and enjoy. Nathan O'Hagan. And,
0: and I hope you
1: do. I will wow, do. it what timing. It's perfect. I mean, unbelievable. As I said, to my do- I, t- I said to my daughter, who sat outside, I told that little story and she said, Dad, you're not going to read it in two and a half minutes, though, are you? Which I'm not, so I don't know anything about this book. But I do. Anyway, enough of that. Nathan, how are you doing?
0: I'm not so bad, mate. Yeah, yeah. all all things considered. And
1: how how's how's lockdown life been treating you?
0: It, it could be worse. I mean, you know, it's stressful and anxiety-inducing for everyone. But yeah. you know, I, I don't have it as bad as as some people. You know, I mean, course, I, I work yeah. for the NHS, so I'm I'm still able to go into work. And, right. Okay. You know, sort of function in some kind of normal way and. You know, I live out in the countryside, so we're able to go out for nice long walks oh, that's on nice, neighbouring fields and stuff like that. Oh, so, brilliant. you know, it's not as bad as someone who's stuck in a, you know, a shared house or a, course, a single yeah. bedroom flat in a, well, town a city or something, you know.
1: That's exactly what we say in our house whenever we get a bit touchy with each other, a bit angry. We say, well, look, we've got a garden. We just go and sit out in the garden and we've got rooms. We can all sit, you know, we've we've got it lucky. But I think it's a time when people starting to... Maybe look at the neighbours and see what other people have got, aren't they? And hopefully, hopefully, Nathan, hopefully things are going to change after this.
0: Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and I think people appreciate that. <laughs> are you optimistic? Are you optimistic? Well.
1: are you optimistic? I, I mean, are you optimistic about
0: change? Um, no, probably not. To no, be honest, I, I mean, wouldn't have thought so. you try and focus on the positives and hope people will, you know, learn certain things from yeah. from what's happening. But when things revert to normal, you know, my fear is that people will just go back to exactly the way they were and. Yeah. In the way where are voting, the way that they they always have I done know, and stuff, rather than learning lessons from this.
1: Anyway, on onto on to better things. Onto better things. Yeah. Um, so I came across a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago actually. Um, I used to do. Um, I used to be a guest on a show on Soho Radio, this very station. James Brown, the writer, yeah. writer journalist. Uh, I used to be on his show every week, and he told me one time. He said, "Have you read this book?" By this guy called Nathan O'Hagan, called The World Is Not a Cold, Dark, Cold, Dead Place. And I went, No, I haven't. But I ordered it, I read it, and absolutely loved it. And I started to tweet and tell people about it. And then you and I became internet friends. And yeah. um, I've, been, I've told so many people about that book. I loved it. And the main character in it was called Gary Lennon. And he was just, he was funny, but it was also quite upsetting. And it was just a really great read. And um, I've been looking forward to the sequel to it which is called The Last Sane Man on Earth, which has been a couple of years in the making. And um, it's just come out, hasn't it?
0: It's just come out uh, last Friday, yeah.
1: So was it always the intention to do... I mean, it's the same character, and from what I can, I'm reading on the back, it's basically just carrying on the story a couple of years later. Was that always the intention, to carry on with his yeah. character?
0: I always wanted to sort of revisit him in, in, in some capacity, but I, I wasn't quite sure how to go about it. You know, lots of people who've read it were saying, you know, I want to know what happened to Gary. You know, it's sort of yeah. like the the hope, the possibility of, sort of re- some sort of redemption for yeah. him at the end yeah. of the first book. So I always wanted to revisit him, but I wasn't quite sure how. And then with all the sort of political and social change that's been going on in the last sort of three or four years or so, yeah. I started to think, you know, maybe sort of addressing those issues, which I also wanted to write about in some way, but wasn't quite sure how. Yeah. But maybe look at some of those things through, through Gary's eyes, because, you know, he has a fairly unique perspective on he does, the world <laughs> and on humanity as it is. And I thought, well, seeing some of those things that are going on through his eyes might be quite an interesting way to to revisit the character.
1: Yeah, yeah. So did you get a good a good reception for the uh, first, for? I know well, it wasn't your first novel, but for the novel uh, The World Is Not A Cold Dead Place?
0: Yeah. I yeah, mean, it was my first novel, yeah. Oh, it was and, Yeah, the response oh, I apologize. was. I I mean, mainly coming, you know, from the likes of you and James Brown and people like that, being sort of kind enough to talk about it yeah. and get people reading it so yeah it, it sold far better than i ever imagined the response was overwhelmingly positive and oh, people brilliant. seem to really connect with gary
1: so i mean yeah i mean he's a he's a great can you just i mean for, for people who haven't read it or haven't even heard of you give them maybe just a little brief outline of that novel and how it leads onto this novel because i think it would be good to give people a bit of an overview so they could think oh i'm going to press buy <laughs> or whatever
0: yeah yeah well gary's a, a sort of angry loner i suppose you know he's afflicted with it. O C D and various anxiety disorders and he lives lives alone in, in Birkenhead and um lot, lot of the book is basically him ranting about the state of modern Britain and yeah. the state of the, the people around him it's very you know, funny troubled relationships it is with his very family. Funny, isn't
1: it? It's very funny yeah. in Bits, without yeah. a
0: doubt. Yeah, I mean it's you know, it's quite dark at times, but it's oh, only, yeah. you know, a, a dark comedy, I would think, you know, and the the comedy aspect is, seems to be what people focused on more right, than right. more than anything, yeah. And that novel is him sort of being forced to address his place in the world. Like, he's on benefits, but he's forced off benefits and has to go and take a job in a call centre and <laughs> is forced to mix with people, which is something he's studiously avoided yeah, doing yeah. for most of his life. And then a, an old friend comes sort of crashing back into his life, bringing an absolute anarchy with him called, <laughs> called Buckle. Oh, yeah. Who's kind of like people uh, someone's compared him to um, Dean Moriarty meets Begbie.
1: Right, OK. OK, very yeah, good. Yeah, so he good. Just,
0: he's sort of like a force... Of, he also forces get to address certain things about himself and i'd say the novel ends with some possibility of of redemption for him but it's a very uncertain one yeah and, and the so, new novel pick, picks up a couple right, of years okay. on from that
1: so um, also this um, you're you're published by armley press which are yeah i i would uh, would you describe them as a punk publisher from leeds
0: yeah, that's how they describe themselves oh, well, they punk, go then. Punk publishing not indie <laughs> punk publishing but but punk you know punk these sort publishing. of do things yeah. their own way you know it's basically two two guys running it out of their the living room sort of thing you know like the old sort of fact, early days of factory records yeah, but in, okay. in publishing you know they push.
1: I mean I mean I'm from West Yorkshire I'm from Halifax and the only thing I know about armley is that there's a prison there.
0: Yeah, I think that is what's, I think that's that's what pretty it's most bu- known for. Whenever you mention much... Armley to anyone, say, oh, that's where the prison is. Right? Yeah, that's just where the prison is, isn't it? odd so... thing to be known for, I suppose. But, uh, hey, why yeah. not?
1: Um, why not? I mean, it's better than some other things, I guess. Um, I so, So, yeah. <laughs> so the uh, book is available now. They can buy it from your website, I guess, and also from the Armley Press website. Is that right?
0: Uh, all, the outlets, all the usual outlets, you know, outlets, yeah. online. Uh, Kindle, obviously, is available, as well as the paperback. Okay. Um, I'll be getting a few copies off Armley Press, so I can flog them direct to people as well. Brilliant, brilliant.
1: Well, I hope everybody goes out and buys it. Um, me just, too. Um, because uh, I, I would say it's a brilliant book, but I haven't read it yet, so I don't know. But I'm obviously looking forward <laughs> to it, and it's there. I'm holding it in my hand. It's just arrived ten minutes ago, so I'm very excited. Um, just yeah. before you go, Nathan, I asked you to choose a few songs, and I want you, I want you just to tell me a little bit about your obsession with huskadoo now i mentioned this because you do rant about huskadoo a lot on twitter and also when i when i googled you earlier on today to just to sort of find some uh, pictures there's all loads of pictures of you wearing huskadoo t-shirts you chose you chose two huskadoo tracks out of four so your desert (laughs) island is going to be a lot of fun isn't it um (laughs) what is what is what's your obsession with huskadoo why huskadoo it was
0: just that band that As the second I heard them, it just made absolute sense. You know, I'd loved other bands before. I think I I was about 15, like long after they'd actually split up. And I, right. I was into Sugar, Bob Mould's subsequent okay, band. Yeah, yeah. And everyone said, oh, you know, you need to check out this band. So it's good they used to be. And, and the first thing I bought was a live album called The Living End, which was from oh, their yeah, last that. ever tour before they broke up among you know, amidst great acrimony and as soon as i put it on the first few seconds is just them tuning up like bob mold hitting a few chords and getting his guitar in tune and testing the microphone and before they even launched into the first song you know just got that sort of shiver down the spine brilliant
1: brilliant.
0: before they'd even actually started just that guitar sound was just so incredible and unique and no one's ever quite emulated it and then as soon as they started playing it's just it was just one of those bands the alchemy of the three of them just made absolute just, sense. Work, you know, Grand yeah. Heart's kind of loose jazz style drumming, but in a punk band and yeah. Bob Mold's guitar sound. It was just incredible. And they've just been that sort of go to band ever since. You know, obviously yeah. other bands come of and course, go and, yeah, you know, I love loads of bands, but it's always Husker do or Bob Mold's right. okay. subsequent stuff okay. that I always go back to and that I always rely on.
1: That's good. That's good to hear. And also, um, you. Chose the replacements track, which we played as well. What, what, what's about? I mean, like this. I mean, they are they are the epitome of rock and roll, aren't they? The replacements.
0: Yeah, and and that track left of the dial is kind of like the, the absolute quintessential indie rock tune. Yeah, I think. And I got into them via Husker du, They're another right, okay. Minneapolis band, and yeah, yeah. so obviously I discovered them. You know, when researching Husker Do. and they're another band that have you know stayed with me yeah, down the great. years. You know.
1: And uh, what's the connection with Mark Lanigan? Because you chose a Mark Lanigan track, which we're going to play in a bit, called Mockingbirds. Um, well,
0: I've been reading his autobiography, which uh, obviously has been getting quite yep. a lot of I have recently.
1: I have a copy and here, actually. I haven't read it yet, but I've got a copy. I'm going to read it. It's supposed to be amazing.
0: It's really, really good. It's very brutal, very raw, very honest. You know, yep. I, I didn't realise quite the extent of some of the things he'd would he been through. Some of it's quite shocking, but um, obviously it's got lots of coverage because of the little Twitter spat with, with Liam Gallagher. Yeah, but yeah. that's a very small part of it, and... Um, it just reminds me of what a great band of Screaming Trees were, especially those yeah. last two albums of theirs. Amazing. And yeah. then his solo stuff as well, like The Winding Sheets in particular. And
1: have Have you heard the new, um, the new album?
0: I haven't. I'll have, oh, to, go, have to check it out because he's, check he's out. a it's great some,
1: singer. No, there's some great stuff on there. Well, Nathan, thanks very much for chatting to us. No, thank you. Um, I want everybody to go out and buy The Last Same Man on Earth. And if you haven't read uh, The World is Not a Cold Dead Place, uh, you should read that as well. Is it something you do? Do you have to have read that before reading the new one, do you think?
0: I think it it would help. It would I think help. It, it would help. the new yeah. one probably does stand alone, but I think it would help. But um okay. the Kindle's only 99p for oh, the Welsh carlt have place so go if people and, want to get up to speed get a new Kindle.
1: Um right, yeah. I'm I'm going to play um a Husky Doo track called Chartered Trips and then I'm going to play um a Screaming Not Screaming Cheese tracks a um what's he called? Uh, Mark Lannigan. Uh, Mark
0: Lannigan. Oh, my mind is... See, my mind's going, mate. It's
1: this lockdown time, man. I honestly do my nothing. Yeah. Up. I just keep thinking the same things over and over again. It's just... Anyway, I'm going to play those. Uh, your choices, so your desert island, whatever the fuck that is. Um, is. <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading your book. Uh, You look Thanks after fun. yourself. Please follow Nathan on Twitter. He's very good. Um, And buy these books and read all about him. Thanks a lot, mate. You look after yourself. And I'll you too, to mate. Take I'll care. I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Nathan. Bye-bye.